0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cottahee with Nissan on News Talk. We're going to stick with uh, carbon and carbon impacts uh, now, though, because we're going to talk a little bit about COP28, where King Charles has been speaking. Take a listen.
1: Some important progress has been made, but it worries me greatly that we remain so dreadfully far off track. The dangers are no longer distant risks. After all, ladies and gentlemen, in 2050, our grandchildren won't be asking what we said. They will be living with the consequences of what we did or didn't do. Harmony with nature must be maintained. The earth does not belong to us. We belong to the earth.
0: That was King Charles speaking at COP28. Our own Taoiseach, Leo Vradkar, will be speaking tomorrow. He will pledge Ireland is going to spend 225 million from 2025 annually onwards to tackle climate change. Sive O'Neill is with me. She's a senior climate advisor for Friends of the Earth, Ireland. Sive, can you explain the relevance of this 225 million and how it relates to this loss and damage fund you were telling us about yesterday, whether they're linked at all?
1: Yeah, well, in fact, uh, it, it turns out that they're not really linked because the 225 million. In is the existing commitment that Ireland has made for climate finance, and it's quite disappointing to see that Ireland, while it played a leading role in helping to negotiate the creation of this fund, seems to be using the additional climate finance pledges to fund it. In other words, we're not making any new and additional finance available for loss and damage. It's coming out of what was already committed post-2025. Uh, This is disappointing. Um, NGOs fought very hard to ensure that the loss and damage fund wouldn't be taking money away that was pledged for climate adaptation. Loss and damage is a different principle, as I was telling you yesterday. It's really all about irreversible losses. Uh, It's about the kind of um, infrastructure replacement that developing countries need when they face really calamitous climate events, uh, which, as we know, are becoming more and more frequent around the world. So the idea is to create a, a, a new fund, um, and and there's been an interesting discussion then in Ireland has contributed to this about what kind of innovative sources of financing could be made available for this. But but the 225 million is is what was already pledged, and mm. we, we haven't offered anything new. Um,
0: we, we, we kicked off the show today. We were speaking to uh, Adi Adepitan, who is this documentary tonight, The Big British Beef Battle on Channel 4, about the, the climate impact of, of red meat. And I, I, I do want to talk to you about um, this text that's been agreed on, um, Implementing the Emirates Declaration on Sustainable Agriculture, Resilient Food Systems and Climate Action what is it and what impact will it have if any
1: well i think i think it'll have absolutely zero impact because okay. it's very much it's a very performative kind of thing pulling together all kinds of bland things that are really all already the case in terms of it's not really pushing countries into you know confronting the issues around livestock agriculture in particular, and the need for sustainable food systems. Um, so that's a very, very disappointing text. And um, in fact, recently I, I spotted the European Council approval uh, to sign on to it. And, you know, they were very happy with the text as it was, which is like really deep, deeply disappointing. So it doesn't really mention the fact that livestock emissions are major contributors of uh, Uh, greenhouse gases, methane and nitrous oxide. It doesn't mention the fact that we need to shift towards sustainable diets and that there's such a strong evidence base for this. It doesn't talk about, you know, resilience and the need to, you know, shift to globally sustainable agricultural systems to support a growing population. There's so many things that are just not in it, like you wonder why they bothered, you know. So it it definitely gives rise to the suspicion, and I can't wait to see that documentary, that the livestock sector, the meat industry, the dairy industry globally has been hard at work lobbying governments to make sure that nothing in these texts, um, you know, really uh, affects them, is going to kind of um, have any bad impact on their business. Mm. So it's business as usual for meat and dairy. Yeah,
0: we're uh, we're not making great ground so far. So we have a pledge of 225 million. That's money we've already pledged. And we have this text then uh, when it comes to sustainable agriculture that you say not really worth it, the paper it's printed on. Um, phasing out fossil fuels then. Maybe, maybe you're going to have some good news on that front.
1: Well, it's early days yet, Um There's a lot of pressure on the COP to deliver um, meaningful improvements to this. Now, with all of these COP negotiations, you're looking for decision text. So this this would be the text that's agreed at the very end of the the COP. And it takes a full 10 days to agree on that. Some countries are pushing for um, language that refers to phasing out. And then other countries are talking about phasing down. So the difference between phasing out and phasing down fossil fuels is quite significant (laughs) excuse me, tail end of a cold here. And so <laughs> the countries that are, <laughs> you know, very supportive and are exporting fossil fuels don't want any language that commits a phase out. They like the idea of, you know, techno fixes like carbon capture and storage. So they think that, well, maybe we can continue to burn fossil fuels, but we can just add on these technological solutions to capture the greenhouse gas emissions. So that's why they're looking for a language like Phasing out or phasing Mm. down unabated. Unabated means where you don't have these uh, carbon capture and storage solutions tacked onto the end of the pipe. Um, Now, the thing is that none of these technologies are really workable at scale. They may well um, be possible for some sectors and necessary. For for example, the steel industry, it's very hard to make steel without the, the heat that you get from burning uh, fossil fuels. So if it's possible to deploy those technologies in places where we really can't avoid using fossil fuels, that, that makes a certain amount of sense. The problem is that the fossil fuel industry and the countries exporting fossil fuels including the United Arab Emirates, are using that language to really postpone the lifetime of existing infrastructure and existing licenses um, so that they can keep burning fossil fuels, keep selling fossil fuels for longer, all of which will blow through the global carbon budget.
0: Sive O'Neill, Senior Climate Advisor for Friends of the Earth Ireland. Sive, thank you very much for that and we will talk to you uh, again on Monday as COP28 uh, continues. Uh, One of our listeners says, David Cameron and Rishi Sunak both flew on separate private jets to the COP conference. How can any Brit take the climate uh, seriously? And on the red meat discussion, uh, Eric in Limerick says, I really hope all these climate doom merchants practice what they preach and spoil themselves with worms and other tasty alternatives. Eric, thank you for the text. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cottahee. With Nissan. Weekdays from 4. On News Talk.